guys, welcome to episode 25 of Vibing in Valentino. So, <laughs> I am a little sick, if you guys can't hear in my voice. Um, woke up with like a nosebleed <laughs> situation. I don't know why, I don't know if it's just because it's so dry in LA or what. But, you know, here we are. I just wanted to share with you guys something because I've been reading The Big Leap by Gary H Gay Hendricks, I think that's his name. I'm not sure. Gay or Gary, something like that. But the book is called The Big Leap and it is an amazing book. And one of the chapters actually talk about the struggle that we have with time. Like either we have too much of it and we're bored or we have too little of it and we're always feeling like we're in a rush and we're in a hurry. His solution to that, which is something that I feel like makes a lot of sense. We need to stop thinking of time as something that is out there, that we have no control over. So time is something that we make. Instead of saying you don't have enough time or there's not enough time, say that I will make time for it or I won't make time for it. When you stop worrying about time, there's magically just more of it. Like today, for example, I was supposed to record at 11 and I was kind of feeling a little bit rushed because, you know, I had a bunch of errands that I wanted to do and when I switched my thinking and I said I have plenty of time to wash the dishes, take the dog out, whatever. It just magically, like, there is time. So I kind of want you guys to, for like the next week or for the next couple of days, don't complain about time. Don't say, oh, I don't have time to do this, this, and that. Don't say that. Just live in the moment. So try it out. He called this phenomenon the Einstein time. I don't, I don't know much about that, but I don't know if that's something Einstein came up with or what, but I do want you guys, because I tried for literally just a few days to like not complain about time and not conceive of time as something that is out there that you have or don't have. It's something that you make, it's something that you generate, and it really helped shift my feelings of like... <laughs> always being in a rush or always being in a hurry or always like feeling like my life is on a schedule and if you know me i live my life by like a calendar by the google calendar which is still nice i feel like you know it doesn't mean if you don't worry about time doesn't mean you're all of a sudden unorganized but you just don't have that sense of urgency that stresses you out as the day goes on so give it a shot and with that being said let's get into a conversation with our guest of the week and i'm telling you guys right now you guys are going to want to take some notes because she dropped some gems and she is like gorgeous. She honestly looks like South of France Barbie and so I had to, you know, sit her down and get all the fucking details. So enjoy guys! I found our guest this week like three or four years ago on YouTube. It was one of her waist training videos, and ever since then, she has become one of my favorite YouTube channels to listen to and watch. She is insanely pretty, like everything goals, and I'm not even kidding. She has since then just grown and grown her channel and leveraged that online success into a business. Coco Lily, welcome to Vibing in Valentino. Thank you. Hi, Nicole. Thank Hi. you for having me. Of course, of course. That was such a sweet intro. <laughs> 
No, I've been such a huge fan of yours since like years and years ago. Like when your first oh, waist training you. video started, and I was like, "Holy fuck! <laughs> How does wow. she look like that?" <laughs> oh, that's really touching. <laughs> Can you tell our listeners a little bit about your background? Sure. So I live currently in south of France, mm-hmm. but I was born in Luxembourg, which is a tiny country in Europe. Mm-hmm. We're actually we're like 500,000 people, so it's like really small. Uh-huh. I moved to south of France for my studies. I studied psychology, mm-hmm. and that's basically my background. And while I was finishing up my studies, that's when I started getting into YouTube and that's how I got into the whole YouTube journey. Yeah. How did that even start? Like, do you remember your very first video? Like, what made you want to put that out there? I think my very first video was in French, and it was so embarrassing. Really? But the way, yeah, I deleted it. But the way I stumbled across, like, on YouTube, I didn't know. That was back in 2012, Mm -hmm. I think, because I started my channel, and I posted like one or two videos but I wasn't consistent and I later on deleted and it was only in 2014 when I really started to put in the work and start uploading consistently yeah but the way I found YouTube and the whole beauty industry was I think I was googling something I was researching something beauty related Uh and I found all of these videos on YouTube and I was like what is this what is a secret (laughs) underground world (laughs) so I think the one of the first videos I stumbled on was um Michelle Fawn oh yeah she was yeah like the OG like pioneer Mm -hmm. YouTuber yeah She's a big OG. And uh, J loves Mac. I'm not sure if you. Oh my gosh. I loved her. She was so funny. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, She was so funny. She she cracked me up. Yeah. So that's how that's how I found the whole beauty industry. Mm -hmm. And I've always been a girly girl. Always loved makeup. I started secretly wearing makeup like at age 11. (laughs) So (laughs) secretly. (laughs) But um. Yeah, that's 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 how I got started and I, I how I got inspired to start my own channel. Wow. I just I just did it. Yeah. Are you the type of person who like you wouldn't wait for things to be perfect, you just would put yourself out there first and then adjust mm-hmm. later? Would you say that? I'm I'm definitely a perfectionist, mm-hmm. but I also know, you know, that there's never a perfect moment yeah. and if we wait for the perfect moment or for things the, the perfect thumbnail, the perfect setup and yeah. everything We'll, we'll never get started. Yeah, that's so, true. Yeah. W- one, one tip I can give your listeners is if you want to do YouTube, just just do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think anything, right? Like, if you want to start something, mm-hmm. you just can't overthink it. Just got to do it. Exactly. Because yeah. then we get, like, we're stuck in indecision limbo. Yeah. And we just don't do anything. And I always say imperfect action mm-hmm. always trumps perfect inaction. That's true. So That's just true. even if it it's never going to be perfect, but yeah. it's it might not be to you, but it can be perfect to your viewers or yeah. to your audience. And things that we think are like embarrassing, maybe the way we speak or we have like our hair is not perfect other people don't even know this that so that's that's true yeah that's true (laughs) i think we are like as people who put ourselves and our content out there we are always a little bit more critical of everything that we Mm -hmm. do and say and 
you know for you because you're on video how you look how your hair is Mm -hmm. for me it's like my voice maybe or how I laugh (laughs) we get we get caught up in that a lot yeah what are the biggest challenges that you've had to overcome in this industry probably the the hate comments it's just like everybody always there's always someone that has something to say and I try to like I'm 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 good at you know not trying to get to me but Sometimes people can be very, very rude and also the lies and the rumors and yeah. just people, just the negativity that right. sometimes comes with videos. But it's part of the job. Mm-hmm. And I do believe that in time you develop thicker skin yeah. and it doesn't, it just doesn't bother you the right. same way as in the beginning. Like probably my first hate comment, I cried all day <gasps> and now... No. And now it's like, you know, whatever, yeah. you know, just they're anonymous yeah. online. So they just, they would never say that to you in, in real life. So right. they don't know you either. Right. They know a part of you. They might, you know, not have been following you. And so they just see that one side of you yeah. and, and then leave a comment. So it's just, you know, the best is to not take it personal. Yeah. Do you find it difficult because you you do post a lot of life updates and stuff like that? Do you find it difficult when you have to sit down and do those more personal videos? Definitely. <laughs> Definitely because there's this um this line between how am I really how can I be um vulnerable and honest with my audience? Yeah. And at the same time also respect my private life and maybe also the people that because it's not just you it's also your friends or maybe your boyfriend your husband or your family you know so there's also other people that are interacting in my life that I want to I'm very protective of the people that I love Mm -hmm. so I try to keep that private but also I want to have that relationship with my followers where I can just sit down and talk to them and be like hey you know just how, how you would talk to a friend yeah exactly and like kind of just let them see your personal life just a little bit more exactly yeah i get that what has been the biggest difference you see in the youtube community now versus like a few years ago when you first started i think there's a lot of um tea channels like gossip channels that oh, have yeah. emerged the past two years <laughs> which in the beginning that didn't exist <laughs> And it revolves around, like, beauty gurus. Yeah. 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 You guys are a weird fascination for the people. Yeah. And it's, you know, you have to look at it as, you know, before the celebrities were, A-list celebrities in movies where, you know, the tabloids and the newspapers would publish things. Mm -hmm. And now everything's on the internet. So all these YouTubers that are, have, like, millions and millions of followers, of course, there's going to be people that are going to, you know, try to profit off of that. So that. You know, again, it comes with the territory. And um, another thing is that what I used to love before in the OG YouTube community was Mm -hmm. that it was much more laid back. You Uh. know, people would just sit on their couch or do their makeup on their floor in their bedroom. And it it had that, you know, that familiar vibe that we're kind of maybe losing a little bit because everything's so highly produced. Just like the best lighting, best camera, which is nice to watch, but sometimes it feels like a little bit like overproduced yeah. in certain videos. Yeah. Where you kind of lose that charm. Yeah. You know? Yeah, so that's the difference. 
but I see. Do you remember Jay loves Mac? Her early videos, and it would be like in her bathroom, or it would be, you know. <laughs> I don't think people knew then how far YouTube could take them, you know? Yeah, it was emerging as yeah. a platform. Yeah. And the only one that was really, really big on YouTube was, you know, Michelle Fong. Yeah. How do you constantly come up with new content? Do you ever get to a point where you're like, oh my God, I don't even know what I'm going to talk about today? Uh, that does happen sometimes when you have to create all the time. You have that. So sometimes you can get stuck in a creative rut. Mm -hmm. But um, the, the thing that I do to stay creative is I like to travel. Whenever I travel, I have, like, a bunch of new ideas. I don't know what it is. I right. think it's the newness of, of a new... It doesn't have to be far, but just, you know, going... Getting outside. It, it, having your... a change of scenery yeah. helps me become more inspired. Mm -hmm. Um, and also, you know, sometimes my audience, my followers, they will suggest stuff. They will be like, hey, we want to see this more, more vlogs, yeah. more this, more that. And so I adapt mm. uh, as to what they want. Yeah. Because I think that's something that's very important as well is you want to create stuff that you're passionate about. But also, you know, I also want to listen to my audience and I don't want to just put stuff out there and then they don't like it. Because right. I tried doing that. I tried doing a little bit like different topics yeah but it wasn't that successful so yeah, you know i just stick to what people actually like yeah. seeing on my channel yeah you have to look at your audience that's mm -hmm. the biggest thing i've learned is like regardless of like how much you might want to talk about a certain topic if past mm -hmm. history like your stats and your data shows that it doesn't really register well with the audience and this is something you do full time you have to always put the audience first how much time would you say goes into your channel and creating content? Mm, like how many hours YouTube a is, week? YouTube is definitely a full-time job. Yeah. Uh, it's, it, it, it looks like it's not that much work when you see a 10-minute video, but mm -hmm. actually there's so much that goes into it behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. um, it's planning what, what video do I want to create, um, researching, uh, your setup mm -hmm. and then filming and then editing so that does take a lot of time and a general rule of thumb is one video it depends on the video like mm -hmm. if I just sit down and talk obviously it's not going to take me as much time as like a highly produced video yeah but let's say my morning routine like I published a morning routine a month ago yeah that took me about three full working days oh my gosh for to example edit? No, just to, just to, it took me a day and a half to create and uh -huh. then editing. I was pretty quick at editing. Oh, okay. And the more, you know, the more you get used to editing, right. the faster you can edit. Right, right. In the beginning, it would take me way more time to edit. But yeah, it is, it is a full-time job. It and, is. you know, it depends whether you want to publish um, one video a week mm -hmm. or two videos a week. Yeah. I know there's a lot of YouTubers now that hire editors uh, just to be able to post more videos. But yeah. then again... Your editing style is unique to you. Right. Uh, that's why I still edit my own videos because I I feel like it wouldn't be the same if another person would edit my video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You like lose that touch, and sometimes it's like mm -hmm. you want to keep a certain part in there in the video that the editor probably would take out because they just don't get yeah. it. You know? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm the same way with my audio. I feel like I could never have an 
editor do my audio because I think they would maybe speed up my voice or slow it down or whatever or cut out mm-hmm. like yeah it's just like I'd rather just do it yeah yeah and it's it's your show it's your yeah. podcast it's your so you want it like that's how I am I just want to have like control over every <laughs> single part of the creation but yeah okay so you said YouTube is a full-time job and I can definitely understand that when you first started out was this your side hustle so actually when I got started I was still at university mm-hmm. and at the same time I was dancing so ever since I was a little girl I was in dancing school and I actually wanted to pursue dancing as a career, except I didn't have the money to pay for dancing school because it was very expensive, it was yeah. a private school. Yeah. So I pursued it um, while I was in university. I was working weekends, mm-hmm. uh, dancing, and that's how. So yeah, I did YouTube almost for free for two years in the yeah. beginning. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. So it was definitely a side um, a side hustle mm-hmm. before it became a full-time job right what are some tips you have for aspiring youtubers don't give up yeah never ever give up like in the beginning it's so hard to have that momentum and yeah. that first push that you need yeah. but i always you know you with every business anything that you want to pursue mm-hmm. you need that initial push that's going to be the hardest yeah once the wheel is turning yeah it's self-sustaining so and growth is exponential as well so the sometimes it might take you a a very long time to get that first thousand subscribers for example Mm -hmm. or first thousand views and then it will take you much less time to get to ten thousand subscribers for example um i know at one point in my journey i was growing from I think from 100k to 300k, mm-hmm. I grew so fast. Like my channel kind of blew up, mm-hmm. and then it then it kind of slowed down again. Yeah. But um, there's definitely a tipping point in your career where everything comes together, and it's like, oh, finally, you yeah. know, I didn't do this for nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you, all the hard work pays off. Right. It's just a matter of not giving up before you get there. Exactly. Yeah. Do you think that's the same thing for other content creation, like Instagram too, is that you kind of just have to wait for that growth? I mean, Instagram is just, their algorithm changes all the time. So Instagram yeah. is, is different, Yeah. but um, the same rules apply. I mean, if you're passionate about something, it's not gonna feel to you like work. Yeah. And you just have that passion. And you know, when there's a setback, if for example, if you're not passionate about it, mm-hmm. when there's a setback, you're going to want to give up. Yeah. But if you are truly passionate about your work, um, even though it might be hard in the beginning, it's easier to keep going because you're in it for the long haul. You have right. your vision. Right. That's another thing, you know, just having your vision and really being passionate about, you know, what is your message? What do you want to do? What do you want to stand for? What's your brand about? Yeah. So just being really clear about the end goal mm-hmm. and giving yourself time to get there. Yeah. You created your own company, Waste Cartel, after your waste training videos generated a lot of interest. Can you tell us a little bit about that business journey? And we're going to get to your waste training journey just a little later because I want all the secrets. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll hook you up with the secrets. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So I started waist training in 2014. 
I was affiliated with a few brands. Mm -hmm. uh, I tried out many different waist trainers, and my my sales were doing so well with the brand that I was affiliated mm -hmm. to. But the thing is, it was waist trainers that came from China, and the qualities ended up. It, it was. It just wasn't. I just knew I could make it better. Yeah. And I saw an opportunity. And I really loved waist training myself. Mm -hmm. So I started um, researching how I could create a brand. And I, I just created it from scratch. And everything kind of fell together. Yeah. Um, you know, when you just feel like everything's flowing. And it definitely wasn't easy to yeah. create the brand. But it was just finding... The right people that I could work with. I felt like it was meant to be. Yeah. Yeah. So I created my brand. I knew I could make it better. I knew I could have the best quality products. Mm -hmm. And still to this day, I have one waist trainer that I got as a sample <laughs> in the very beginning of the of the journey, and yeah. I still wear it today. And it's just that's how good the quality is. So oh my god. I yeah. I always say quality over quantity because yeah. with any product, you know. I mean, it depends on what you like. If you don't want to use it for a long time, then yeah. you could go for a cheaper option. But I think quality is really what I stand for. I mean, I have definitely tried some made in China waist trainers and they don't fit <laughs> right. They do not yeah. fit right. So I, I can see why you're they like... They won't give you the hourglass. Figure. Yeah, it's straight, right? Yep. <laughs> They're very straight. Yeah, I'm like so confused. <laughs> And then yeah. I, I watched your video and you said the biggest thing about a waist trainer has to go in at the sides. Like, uh, it mm -hmm. has to look like an hourglass. <laughs> I'm like, oh my exactly. God. Exactly. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> yep. <laughs> what has been the hardest thing you've found when it comes to monetizing a big YouTube following? Whether it's like turning subscribers into buyers for waste cartel or for sponsorships or anything else. I feel like if you have a close relationship to your audience, mm -hmm. uh, that really helps because, you know, you can have, as you just said, you can have a large audience, but is it, you know, can you monetize on it or yeah. not? Yeah. So um, for me, it's a little bit different because I had sponsorships with big brands. Mm -hmm. And so um, it's, it's more working with companies rather than individuals. Yeah. But a rule of thumb is I only promote products that I personally love and use mm -hmm. and I turn down about 90% of the emails that I get because yeah. it's just not something that I would personally use. Yeah. So, and I think that it, it, you have to think of it long term. Mm -hmm. um, that's how, you re how you're really going to build that relationship with your followers yeah. and how they will trust you as well. With sponsorships, you know, there's a lot of rumors that go around where people have disclosed how much they have earned from mm -hmm. a single video. And I just know that, I mean, I, I can't speak for other people, but I have seen cases where it was just not true. So also, I wouldn't just believe, you know, everything that people say yeah. or it can be like exaggerated a little bit uh, and yeah. it's not always the truth yeah sometimes people just will promote anything like i was mm. asked the other day to it was like apple cider gummies or something like that i was like <laughs> i am not taking no apple cider gummies. oh my god that does not even sound good <laughs> 
How did they even come up with that? I didn't I, know that would exist. I don't know. I'm like in one gummy. So it's, it, does it taste like apple cider vinegar? Because then I don't, I don't know if I want to do that. It's hard enough yeah, to shot no. it. I don't want to chew it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Your Instagram game is on point. Like your feed is probably one of my favorites ever. And I've been mm. following you for such a long time. What is your biggest tip for Instagram success? Well, first of all, thank you. Yeah. And my tip for growing your Instagram and being successful with Instagram is engage with your audience. Because Instagram is like, there's even more distance with your audience than YouTube. Because YouTube is video. Yeah. And Instagram is, I mean, you can post uh, videos, but it's mostly pictures right. and photos. So you want to create captions that are engaging you want to maybe ask questions or maybe tell a story or something that, you know, something that you've gone through if you yeah. feel like sharing it. Um, always try to be, you know, try to get people to react to what you're saying and then reply to them in, in the comments, ask yeah. questions and just being really like engaging with your audience and also posting a lot of stories. I think Instagram really likes its users to use the full platform yeah meaning like everything on it yeah. so asking questions polls yeah um just using all the different features that they have i do believe that in instagram likes it for you know if you want to go with the algorithm yeah. they like it when when you use everything yeah <laughs> ask all the questions create all the yeah. polls <laughs> yeah. yeah it's definitely a lot of work yeah, they've made it harder and harder for people to continue to grow their page. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. The Instagram algorithm is definitely, uh, it just changes all the time. But as long as you're inspiring people, you know, yeah. that's that's what matters. Yeah. That growing your, your following and growing your relationship with your audience. Yeah, because you can have a very small audience and if you have them completely engaged you can still monetize right exactly exactly yeah i always say it's better to have a thousand followers that are all engaged with you than to have a hundred thousand and no one cares about you yeah or they just follow you for i don't know whatever reason but you know yeah They're not your diehard fans. Right. You want diehard people with you. Exactly. I hate having like a bunch of male followers too because you can never monetize mm. them. So I've been trying yeah. to like switch the demographic. It's rough. It's hard. Have you been able to to switch? I have. I've been, I've been able to make it less severe. Girl, I used to be like 13% females. Like the rest are guys. And now oh, I'm wow. like, I know. It was so rough. It was so bad. I felt like I had to constantly put up, like, bikini pictures to get any kind of, like, traction on my pictures. Mm-hmm. And then slowly I've just been, like, putting more, like, outfit stuff out there and, like, less on the sexy mm-hmm. stuff. Because I'm like, if I don't do this now, it's just going to get worse and worse and worse. Yeah. Yeah. That's very smart what you did there. Yeah. Because obviously posting certain content <laughs> attracts certain. a different... Yeah, yeah, certain people. Yeah, and I think that's where hashtags always are handy mm-hmm. um, because you can really, when you use hashtags, you can really um, target your audience as yeah. well. Yeah, I need to get back on that hashtag stuff because I yeah. I did it for a while and then I stopped because mm-hmm. I think some hashtags were getting so risky. Like I kept on getting shadow banned. 
Oh, wow. Yeah. 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 You have to be real careful. I used to but copy and paste. That's why. Yeah. Yeah. If you always use the same ones, then they shadow ban you. But Instagram denies that they have such a thing as shadow ban. But really? I mean, I do think that they. I do think that they shadow ban, but yeah, they say God. that such a thing does not exist. That's what they stated. Oh, my God. I think they're lying to us. Yeah. <laughs> such a mystery. I know. We don't know what's going on there. Everybody wants to figure out and crack the algorithm code. I know. We need to send some spies into the, like, Instagram headquarters. Yeah, yeah we have to. <laughs> See what's going on I there. I know. <laughs> <laughs> do you have a favorite filter editing app? How do you get your pictures to look the way they do? Yes. So my absolute favorite game-changing uh, app is Lightroom. You Everybody can, I, says that. It's, yeah, it's so I, complicated. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, you have a lot of tutorials on YouTube. That's how I, I self-taught myself Lightroom. Uh -huh. And I also have a video on how I edit one picture in, in Lightroom, I believe. Do you have the mobile app and the desktop version? I have. The I use it on one. mobile. Yeah, and it's it gets in the beginning. It, it can look kind of like ooh, so many features, but um, when you play around with it, it's just amazing. That it looks very professional yeah. when you start using it. Yeah. So that's my number one app, and then I use Visco as well for filters. Mm -hmm. Um, Facetune to smooth out, you know, if you have a wrinkle here or yeah, there. Yeah. And also, did, I like the detail tool, you know, mm -hmm. for the eyes and the hair. Mm -hmm. and that's about it. The, the real game changer for my photos has been Lightroom. What was like the most extra thing you've done to get a picture? Do you remember? Um, I thought about that. Um, <laughs> I had to think for a while. Well, uh, a few years ago, with my then boyfriend, we went to Paris. Mm -hmm. And we went to Versailles. I don't know if you know the place. The it's palace. like, a, yeah, yeah, the palace. Uh -huh. And so we were in Paris and we had rented a nice car. And he was like, don't you want to take a picture in front of the, pa the palace with the car? And I'm like, can we do that? Get right, like, and he was like, <laughs> and we, you're not allowed to park there. But he parked the car and he was like, get on the car. Oh, my God. <laughs> get, get on top of the car and I'll just take a picture. So, um, oh yeah, we God. ended up, like, he ended up putting the car in front of the palace. Oh, my and God. And taking, yeah, taking, like, just do it for the gram. And the worst part, the worst part is I never posted the pictures because the, the lighting was so bad because it was very gloomy and dark. Oh. So I never ended up posting the pictures anyway, but oh it was a God. fun shoot. That is so funny. Get on the car. Yeah. <laughs> oh, do it for the gram. You know, you just have like two seconds no, to post. Before the cops come, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's get into some beauty and wellness-related specifics. You're an avid waist trainer. What do you have mm -hmm. to say to people who are super anti-waist training and say that it's dangerous or it doesn't work? Um, so with waist training, it's like with everything. Of yeah. course, it's going to be dangerous if you overdo it and yeah. you over-tight and you're waist trainer. Yeah. Same thing if you overeat you can right, die from right. overeating <laughs> or if you work out too much or you know it's yeah. like it's just like with everything yeah. so be 
you know, I always tell people, just be smart about it. Mm -hmm. Don't over, it's not a corset, it's a waist trainer. So you're supposed to be able to breathe normally. If it's too tight and it hurts, then it's just not good. Yeah. So, but that's just like with with everything, you know, if you overdo working out, you can tear a muscle, for example. So, but I've been doing it for almost six years and I've never had any issues. Yeah. How long did it take for you to see waist training results? I saw results after two weeks already. You see results pretty fast. Yeah. It depends how many hours a day you mm-hmm. wear it. And then it's definitely a consistency thing. Yeah. Just like with working out. You're not going to work out three months and then stop for the rest of your life and right. have your dream body. <laughs> right. So it's the same with waist training. It's just consistency. And it definitely helps to get that you know that stubborn belly fat because it generates heat it really snatches everything yeah. in place yeah. and um, I love it I like it for my back yes yeah I like yes. it for my back. Like back pain it really helps your posture do you have a lot of back pain yes I do like my low back kind of hurts mm-hmm. I think it's from like when I do like leg days in the gym you know like certain movements when you're tired you use your back more mm-hmm. than you're supposed to and then it kind of like stretches it a little bit so Feels a little yeah. funky, yeah. Yeah, I, I have a friend who has my waist trainer as well, and she has back problems, and mm-hmm. she said it helps so much to just keep a you know a straight yeah. posture. Yeah, exactly. What was your waist training schedule like, like when you were just starting out, like when you were really trying to get everything snatched mm-hmm. versus like right now where it's like maintenance? So I would wear it about maybe four hours a day, mm-hmm. um, and then you know, around the house when you're, I don't know, cleaning up, doing some work, yeah. you know, you can wear it on your desk. Yeah. Um, and then definitely when you work out, because mm-hmm. that's when you, I feel like that's when it's most effective because oh. you generate, because you sweat more and you, you know, it's just, I don't, I, I, I can't work out anymore without a waist trainer. It's yeah. crazy. I, I just feel <laughs> weird. I just feel naked when I don't have my waist trainer on. So, um, yeah, and I, I wear it every time I worked out, and now I actually wear it one to two hours a day, plus every time I work out. So I don't. I should wear it more, but I don't. You don't have to, girl. Your waist is oh. crazy. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I have to be an example for my brand. Yeah, that's true. You're, <laughs> yeah, you can't be selling waist trainers and not have like a super stretch yeah. waist. Um, so you wait. You say like every single day you'll wear it. Yeah. Okay. I do. Okay. But sometimes only an hour. Yeah. I don't wear it like eight hours a day. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Do you have any other waist training tips for the ladies? Anybody who wants to get started? Just be consistent with it. Have fun with it. Um, you know, don't don't force yourself into something that is too tight. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you said, it definitely helps with posture, with sitting up straight. Yeah. Because I don't know if you noticed, but you can't sit in a slouchy way when you're wearing a waist trainer you have to sit straight yeah yeah so yeah what is your fitness routine like I know you say you worked out with a waist trainer but do you do cardio and like how many times a week and all this stuff so I work out three to four times a week for 15 minutes Mm -hmm. so almost an hour and I don't do cardio because I'm trying to gain so um, I do mostly weight um, weight training. I do usually I would do two days 
um, glutes and leg day. Mm -hmm. And then uh, one, I mean, the other two days, I would do uh, abs. That's all I do. I, I don't do that much, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, your at-home workout videos are some of my favorites, too. Do you still do those, oh, or do you go you. to the gym? Um, so I still do my at-home workouts. Mm -hmm. I don't do the videos anymore, but I don't go to the gym at all. Um, I just prefer working out at home. It's just more comfortable for me. Yeah. And, you know, you don't need a lot of fancy equipment. Uh, right. I just have a few dumbbells, my squat bar, a yoga mat, and some ankle weights, you know, that's all you need. Yeah. Do you follow a particular diet or do you take any supplements? Do you have any like recommendations for us? Um, so I eat um, mostly plant-based. Mm -hmm. I'm not 100% vegan, but I do feel like it's what works best for me. Ever since I was a little child, I never could eat meat. So mm -hmm. it wasn't, it's not even like a trend thing where everybody's going vegan um i just couldn't ever since i was a child i couldn't eat meat for some reason um so to get my protein i do take um vegan protein shakes mm, i get them on i get them on amazon um i get the chocolate one they taste really good what brand is it do you remember there's one in the u.s that i really love it's really hard to get here it's called sun warrior sun warrior i believe Okay. Yes, okay. you can get it at uh, what's the store? Whole Foods. Whole, Whole Foods. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think I've yeah. seen those before. That one tastes so good. Really? Um, and then on yeah, on Amazon you have you have lots of them as well. Yeah. So I do take um, protein, vegan protein, and then uh, BCAAs as well, yeah. which really helps with muscle recovery. Like yeah. if you, especially if you're trying to uh, gain and you know you're, you're pushing yourself a little bit more mm -hmm. rather than maintaining yeah you, taking the bca really helps with muscle recovery and not feeling sore the next day and building as well what are your top five beauty products it could be skincare hair care or makeup like your five ride or dies um, so i am big on skin because mm -hmm. i feel like you know if you have a flawless base yeah. you don't need a lot of makeup right um so i one product that i've really been loving and just one of it's my holy grail is the dr jart milk peeling solution you can get it at Ooh. sephora and it's basically like a toner and it's exfoliating mm -hmm. and it makes your skin so soft and it's hydrating it's not aggressive at all but it's like baby smooth skin Oh my god. Yes. I mean, I, I would send it to everybody as a Christmas gift because it's just that amazing. <laughs> um, then, recently I've been also loving the Laneige Hydrating Mask. Uh -huh. It's a hydrating mask. I put it on before I go to sleep. And it's, again, it's when you have, I don't know about you, but I have dry skin. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just, just what my skin needs after yeah. a long day. Um, and then for makeup, I would say brows. Brows are so important. Mm -hmm. So my ride or die brow product is the Anastasia Beverly Hills Brow Wiz. Oh, uh, the pencil? The pencil, yeah. yeah. I really love that one. Then I have probably my favorite highlighter, I'm big on highlighter as well, uh, is Glow Goals by Ofra Cosmetics. It's the Nikki Tutorials collab. Oh, okay, okay. That one is really, really nice. And then I also recently really been loving the 
Herborian CC cream. They're um, a French and Korean brand, so wow. they mix kind of like skincare with makeup. Yeah. And if you're having one of these days where you, you know, the no makeup makeup mm -hmm. kind of days, it's it gives you a flawless finish. And it looks like you have, it's a CC cream, so it's not even, you know, it's not a foundation. Yeah, it's like lighter. Oh my God, I need yeah, to go to Sephora. But you look good, you know, you don't look like you're sick or. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a glowy, natural, like that's your skin mm -hmm. look, yeah. Yes. It looks better in pictures too, when mm -hmm. you're like a little glowy. Yep, yeah. definitely. Skin is just, I mean, skin is so important. Skin is everything. Definitely, yeah. like, when you have one pimple, it's like you take mm. on, like, a bunch of makeup to try to yes. cover up that one pimple. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it like, touches our on our confidence. Yeah. And we don't want to go outside when right. we have breakouts. And when we have a good skin day, we want everybody to see yeah. us. <laughs> Look at me. I Look know. at my good skin. <laughs> I saw this meme on the gram uh -huh. that said, um, why do kids have like perfect skin and you don't even need it like you know they're not wearing any Seriously. makeup <laughs> Seriously. they have this perfect flawless face <laughs> they have that perfect skin for the sandbox <laughs> the playground mm -hmm, exactly <laughs> wasting it <laughs> yeah <laughs> Can we save it for later? No, seriously. <laughs> Break out when yeah. you're young. Break out when you're yeah. five. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Is there a beauty routine that you would never give up? Like lash extensions or your nails or anything? I mean, there would be a few things. <laughs> um, I mean, nails are definitely important. Yeah. Because your hands, I mean, they're just always visible. Yeah. And... Probably brows, just having brows. I feel naked if I don't have my brows on. Yeah. And exfoliating, being able Ooh. to exfoliate your skin. That's important. Yeah, because it just reveals fresh, glowing skin. Yeah. And it's just like you're like reviving, you're shedding like your old skin. Yeah. You just feel fresh. Before we wrap the show, we have a segment every week. It's called Weekly Weakness, and it's anything you're obsessed with this week. So it could be like a book, a song, a TV show, anything at all. What is yours? So I've been watching Riverdale lately, which is kind of like my guilty pleasure on Netflix. Every time fall comes around, I watch Riverdale. <laughs> it, it just has that fall vibe. And another thing I've been loving this week, I've been trying out the Fenty Beauty Hydrating Foundation. I don't know if you've ever tried it. Do you love it? It's her, her last uh, one. I mean, I, I think it's amazing, but on the condition that you would have dry skin. Because I think if you have oily skin, it wouldn't be, you know, a yeah. good match. But I love it so much. It's like my new holy grail product. Do you, do you remember when you loved the Too Faced Born This Way foundation? I got that foundation because mm -hmm. of you. And I like oh loved it. Do, do you like it? it? I love it. <laughs> That's great. Because everybody's skin is different. So what works for me might not work for some someone else yeah. or for you. But I, I'm glad that you loved oh, it. Oh, I am so good. I'm like That's on my great. third bottle. Well, the Fenty Beauty is better than the Born This Way. I'm, okay. I'm finally over the Born This okay. Way condition. Can you believe that? I'm moving, I'm moving on with you. <laughs> and it smells. It smells so good. You made me want to go to Sephora. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All your products. I don't know if that's a good thing. <laughs> You're making me spend money. Yeah. 
Um, can you please tell the listeners where they can find you? So you can find me on YouTube at Coco Lily. Mm-hmm. It's C-O-C-O and then Lily. On Instagram, it's the same Coco Lily with two eyes at the end. My Snapchat handle is Lizzie. so L-I-Z-I. And that's it. That's the three platforms where I'm active. Thank you so much for talking to me today. It was so much fun. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) I can't wait to share this episode with everybody. Everybody's going to have to take notes because you dropped a lot of products and advice in this episode. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Get your pencils out. (laughs) I know. Seriously. I'm going to put that in the intro. (laughs) Thank you so much. It was so much fun. Thank you so much, Nicole. Have a wonderful night. You too. Have a great day. Thank you. Talk soon. Bye. Bye. I hope you guys enjoyed that conversation with Coco Lily. If you guys haven't Insta stalked her yet, go do that now. I'm telling you, she has goals like hair goals, face goals, body goals, wardrobe goals, like everything goals. I'm like confused as to how she's real. So go Insta stalk her. And I'm sorry I sound like a man this week. Hopefully, I'll feel better by next week. I should. I've been overdosing on vitamin C, so I want to thank you guys so much for coming to hang out with me today, and I will catch you guys next Friday on Vibing in Valentino. Have a wonderful weekend, be safe, have fun, and I'll talk to you later. Bye.